my true love was true. Episode 41, maybe, of The Feminine Critique. I'm Emily. I'm Christine. Indeed. On today's episode, what are we going to talk about, lady? We're going to talk about um, 2008's Blindness and last year's Oculus. Yes, so two movies that have something to do with eyesight, or not eyesight, but stuff that happens in your eyes, and that end in the letter S. Uh Uh-huh, and that make me super sad. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, come on. I like to break your heart sometimes. What can I do? It's true. Yeah. Well, happy October. Hey, thanks. You too. Any big um, October? You know, I was... <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be in Kentucky for Halloween, which is exciting. Cause oh, I that's I feel exciting. like it's like you're in a different like time zone. Like, yeah, we're not actually in a different time zone. But that, like, maybe the trick-or-treaters will do something different like it they might it might be different i don't know like maybe they pick know. candy up from the with their left hand i don't know how right, it works that's down there. not what i was thinking it's yes, a I, world <laughs> i uh, was thinking like different kinds of costumes oh but, you know. well if you want to go that far i don't know it's all america christine <laughs> I know. where do i get off See, I did have, um, like, a, at first this grand ambition that, like, oh, you know, I'm going to try to watch so much horror movies in October, and I'm going to make a list of movies that Brad hasn't seen, and we're going to watch them, and all that. Yep. And, like, friggin' October already, I realized I'm very busy this month. Yep, um, I second that, but I'm really, really going to try. Okay. With that being said, what have you been watching lately? Wow, so uh, I watched two things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How long ago since we recorded? Uh, we two, we uh, not that long. It we've might been, we've actually been kind of regular. It's only maybe it's only one thing. I can't remember if I told you I rewatched Paranorman. You did not, but that's re- a perfect like fall viewing. I love that movie. I really it's so like cute. it. Yeah, it is, and it's really like it's heavy. Like, it yep. has some meat behind it. It really, like, every time I watch it, it makes me want to have a kid. Oh. Like, I like I need to show this to a kid. Like, yeah. a kid would love this. It would mm-hmm. be so neat. So, I rewatched that at the gym. Um, it's streaming. So, if you're nice. looking for thematically correct things to watch. It's a perfect October movie. Yeah, and then the other one I watched, I actually got a disc from Netflix. I, I tried to utilize that feature. Um, it's called In a World. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh, this is the... Uh, yes, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. It's the Lake Bell, I think, yeah. directed... You're going to hate this. I think that comes on Instant Watch. Oh, really? Yeah. But if it does, I, I really liked it. Um, I, I did that thing where I went on IMDb and read the message boards after, and people were shitting on it. 
Yeah, I, I know. I don't People know. It's on just, everything on IMDb message boards. It's so it's really cute and it's really sweet and it's earnest and mm-hmm. Lake Bell is super likable and it's goofy and I guess it's a romantic comedy, but it's I don't think it's pandering or gotcha. or shitty. I, I would really be interested to hear your opinion. I liked it. No, it's on instant. I'll when it if if it is, which I think it is, um, then I will watch it. Yeah, I I, I enjoy it. So um, and now sitting on my. Um, on my entertainment center is the movie that if Erica was on here, she'd scream and tell me what it was. And I can't remember, but the, um, it's got Ron Swanson in it. It's like his movie. Oh yeah. I don't know. We're just going to make her really mad by talking about how we don't know. Yeah. I wish she was here to tell me, but I got that (laughs) in from Netflix. So hopefully I'll watch that. And, um, and report back. Yeah. And I, and I, um, I had started ABCs of death. What letter did you get up to? Oh jeez! Um, I got into it like where somewhere like N O P somewhere around okay, there maybe. Yeah. Do you remember what letter Ty Ty West Ty did? Ty West. Did, did he do M? M? Oh, he did M. I definitely got past M. Yeah. I'm somewhere past M. Um, I've hated the majority yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not horror. Why did they call it the ABCs of like? It's like they're all trying. I guess it's because, it, and this is what I said. There's been two that ha, ha, that stand out in my mind is actually trying to build tension mm-hmm. um, at this this point. And I'll let you. I'll report back when I see the rest. Yeah, I need but, to uh, look at them, look them up again and remember which ones I liked. And uh, yeah, I agree. I was probably maybe uh, you could you could tell the people that did the um, a mayor, the those people, the ones because it looked like a giallo. Was like there's the French one. Was there's orgasm? Yeah, I think okay. so. I could tell, and I mean, it was super stylized and not really my thing, but I yeah. still enjoyed looking at it. And it was better than all that other bro bullshit. Uh, but it's the like bro- there's so many in there that are just like it's like two dudes high fived after they yeah, did it. Yeah. Ugh. And the worst thing was I remember um, uh, uh, Stacy Ponder at Final Girl had a post about because what they did for the next one was they had like an audience submission for one of the letters mm-hmm. and it was like people could submit it and then you could vote on which one and I didn't watch any of them I know a lot of people like through my Facebook pa- page who submitted and said vote and I just I'm, I'm bad never looked yeah at yeah them. I but remember that it, yeah part of it was because I remember her comment which was wow so I watched five of them and four of them were pretty much just dudes torturing a naked woman <laughs> Yeah, so that that's interesting that that's the turn it takes. Because that's what it because, feels like. It's such a gross out. Like, by the end, you feel like at least five of them were just, we've got three minutes, we can, we're can we just going to do something so gross that everybody will remember our letter. And it's really not fun to watch. No, it's not. And like, you, saw v- but... you saw VHS, right? Yeah, well, we've talked about this. I haven't I gotten can't... through it yet because I'm okay, okay. so bored and annoyed with it. That's why I couldn't remember. And that's what it feels like. It feels like a lot of those feel like... And I don't know what it is about anthologies. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago when we talked about another anthology. There's something about them that, like, bring out, like, the meanness in filmmakers. I don't quite Mm -hmm. know why. Well, I think it's, it's, yeah, modern horror anthologies are have a strange vibe and and I, I don't know if you would agree with me but I posited during my watching of ABCs of Death is that instead of trying to build tension in three minutes people just tried to be funny or gross or extreme right because the t- building tension in three minutes is a, a fucking art yeah, it's like, hard. 
And the first one um, is is a is the um, apocalypse. It's Nacho. Nacho. I like that one. I think. And that one I fucking liked. And it's such a great way to start it too. And they open it and 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 it really like my expectations were high for yeah. the first like four or five letters, and then I was like, oh, that was a fluke. Yeah. Clearly. There's so, one that's early that uh, it's like it's the guy who's chained down, getting tortured, and watching torture. And he has to jerk off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, that one's, like, okay, they tried something, but they're still going for the gross out. And somehow that one feels like it's an hour long. That one, is that one, that one has to be longer, right? I don't know. It's, it I is mean, 45 minutes long. I know time long. limit. I don't know if, what the time limit was and how many of them went. I mean, Ty West is, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure, but that one feels like it just keeps going. So it's it's we. I mean, it's an interesting challenge. I just wish it brought out better filmmaking. Yeah, it's strange, but I will definitely let you know. Yeah, I'm curious, and then I'll see if I have the energy to watch the second to put up with the second one. Yeah, um, must be coming that's, out soon. The goal was to watch that one, get gear up for the second one, watch the next VHS, but. I don't know. I think maybe I'll have to do one, like, like they have you spaced two weeks apart or I'll yeah. get overloaded. Well, we talked about covering the VHS movies because mm-hmm. I think we're so opinionated on them. Yeah. Uh, we, should, we should consider that. I definitely would. That I mean, first I one. So what I'm saying is don't, like, watch it now because we might have to watch it again in two months and I wouldn't want you to have <laughs> don't to Don't torture again. me. Yeah, I'm just being nice. Yeah, thank you for the heads yeah, up. Well. <laughs> so I'm sure you've watched more than me. Not too much. Um, two documentaries. Uh, I know that voice. Which mm, do yeah, you I watched, right? I think I saw that one. Yeah, yeah I yeah. feel like everybody's been watching it. Um, this is the documentary on Instant Watch about voiceover acting today. And mm-hmm. it's a really, it's a good gym watch, definitely, because it's, especially more so than others, because it's all about what you hear. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's really interesting, um, some different faces that you don't normally see. Uh, and when they talk about, like, some things, when they talked about, like, video game recording, was really interesting to me, because it's something you never think about. But mm-hmm. they talk about how they have to be able to deliver all of this dialogue that's such short spurts, but that is really telling a story, but that they can't really know the story. Just interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, the other documentary I watched, I doubt anybody else will want to watch. It was called The Fabulous Ice Age, and it was about the ice capades. Oh, that sounds good. Is that streaming? It's streaming. Yeah, it's like 50. No, it's like a little over an hour. That could um, be fun. It's. I mean, it's the history of... See, I know a, quite a lot about competitive Olympic figure skating, but I know very little about the ice capades and, like, the ice shows, which mm-hmm. kind of phased out when we were young. And they talk about that, how it used to be, like, the big event, and then it eventually turned into, like, Disney on ice, basically. Yeah. Uh, and that's part of the story. But it's also interesting to hear how this was such viable entertainment in the 40s, 50s, and so on. Uh, and it's it's a good documentary in that it just lets the people talk. It doesn't have – there's no agenda behind it. It's purely interviewing a whole lot of people that have something to say about it. Mm-hmm. Um, then on Instant Watch, but it's no longer on Instant Watch, I don't think, which is why I watched it because I knew it was going off. Uh, Will, Large William, over at Gentleman's Guide, had been touting this movie for quite a while. This must be the place, Sean Penn. yeah. Yeah, I it? still haven't seen it. No, um, I know a lot of people are very fond of it. Yeah, it's. I think critics were a little divided on it, and I could totally understand someone hating it. But I really enjoyed it. I thought Sean Penn mm-hmm. was great. Um, it it occasionally is a little quirky for its own good, 
but it's also really funny. It is really touching. It has a really good cast. Um, it's I think it's off instant, but it's still worth watching at some point when it either yeah. comes back or whatnot. Um, then let's see what else I got. Um, a little independent horror movie that I'd read about in Fangoria called The Human Race. Okay, which is a no, belt. yeah. Have, have you? I've, did you see it? I've seen um. <clears throat> excuse me. I've seen like a trailer. Okay. Or like a preview for it. I think. It's is like it a battle super royale low budget? Kinda... What's up? Is it super low budget? Yes. Yeah, okay, that is the one I'm thinking of then. Yeah, so... like a very low budget kind of longest walk battle royale. Yeah. I fucking loved it. Um, it's, it is low budget. You can occasionally tell, but it, first of all, it makes use of its budget very well. It d- makes a lot of decisions around it that mm-hmm. helps you not kind of really focus on the fact that this movie was made for pennies. Um, yeah. It, it does some things so right. And this is uh, my biggest complaint about horror for the last 20 years has been, why is it always about pretty young white people? Yeah. And this movie, the lead is a, an amputee who has one leg. Uh, he apparently won the first season of Big Brother for you reality fans out there. Um, it has, it's That's fun. like the next two supporting characters are deaf and speak in sign language the whole film. Uh, like it just, it has like elderly characters. It has this whole spectrum of people, which instantly makes it more interesting to watch than mm-hmm. every movie you see about pretty young people in the same situation. Um, and like that in itself really made it strong. It does some really fun things with structure. It pulls a lot of surprise moments at you. Uh, I, I just love, um, like hunting human kind of movies cause I don't know why, but, um, I just like that kind of stuff. Of course you know why. Yeah, well, Because it's awesome. Bastard. But, so this one, it takes a premise, it, it's, and it does something new with it even then. Uh, it gives this, like, thing different kinds of rules. Um, it's just, it's a really, really good, uh, movie. I mean, it's not great in that, like, some people that just can't see past low-budget movies might still have a hard time with it. Um, yeah, I, that was what I was fearing. That's kind of why I didn't no, jump I, at it. Because I mean, the premise the performances is are all pretty good. Uh, the lead performances are all perfectly strong. Uh, it actually takes time with its characters. Mm-hmm. So you care about or know most of these people that are going through this. Um, yeah, it's not perfect, but it's just a really, really, uh, like, it does so many things that I always want movies like low budget horror movies to do it yeah. does them and it does it in a really interesting way so it's it's right now it's just a disc uh it's not on instant watch mm-hmm. um i hope it comes to instant watch because it's that kind of movie that people will watch when it's on instant watch oh yeah if it was there i would totally watch yeah. it like without giving it a second thought it's yep. just i'm so uh, i couldn't that there were parts of that trailer where i was like oh that could fall apart really right. fast yeah and again like I know a lot of people are going to watch it and not like it and and feel as though they can feel the limits of the budget. I didn't feel that way. I it's I don't know, it's really worth a watch and again, if you have a tolerance for low budget genre film, it is so worth a watch. I'm I'm mm-hmm. excited like I want to see what else this guy can do. So, uh hearty endorsement for the at one. Uh then on apparently I get a channel called Reels, R E E L Z. 
I thought it was going to be like R-E-A-L-Z. Oh, reals. Like keeping it real. Keeping it reals. Well, this channel, uh, it would seem that they primarily show Access Hollywood, uh, like true crime shows and Steven uh-huh. Seagal movies. So we ended up watching a movie called Belly of the Beast, which is a movie where Steven Seagal goes to uh, Thailand to save his daughter and also kill a lot of Thai people. Uh, It's pretty great. It's awful. And the whole time you just, it's really fun to watch and just constantly uh, pretend that Steven Seagal is just struggling to move. Like he's sitting in a desk and he's trying to get up. It's not Uh easy for him. Um, There's like this crazy, just out of nowhere, a hitman who opens up his shirt or opens up her shirt to reveal spoiler alert that she's in transition i guess i don't know it's a weird movie hilarious fun belly of the beast if it's if you get channel reels then it's worth the watch (laughs) i want to get cable just so i can (laughs) reels uh brannon revealed to me something that he probably should have disclosed before we were married i think it's (gasps) legal grounds for uh divorce or annulment um, and that was that he'd never seen Leprechaun. Really? Yeah. How do you avoid that? It was on TV a right? lot. You have to work hard on March 17th not to see it. Uh, so we popped in. I have the three-pack DVD. We popped it in. Uh, pretty much what I remember. Only worse in some ways. Because I was it's saying, a, like, I, I saw really it don't theater. like it. You don't like it at all? Not, like, in a genuine way. Have you seen any of the sequels? Um, isn't there one in Las Vegas? Yes. I have definitely seen that one. That one's really, that one's directed by Brian Trenchard Smith. I think I did know that, and I think that's why yeah. I've seen that one. That one's fun, like, because that one can just be fun. Yeah. With Leprechaun, what's weird is that, because I was saying, I'm like, this is 1993 and it's theatrical horror. You have to remember that there, like, kind of was no, um, in a way genre going on in the early 90s of mm-hmm, horror mm-hmm. cinema you had slasher boom had ended uh you were still several years from kind of like the late 90s j-horror scream ripoffs yeah but, so you have those like the early 90s were a really weird time for big horror movies you get like the occasional candy man and some like really good stuff in there but it's there was no pattern of people going to the movies to see this type of horror movie. So yeah. Leprechaun, it's goofy, but it still kind of tries to be a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's it's a it does. It takes itself a lot more seriously than I remembered. The yeah, first one. like it's still yeah. it knows it's about a leprechaun, but here and there they try to be spooky. And when I saw yeah. it when I was eleven, I remember be thinking, not being scared, but being a little disturbed and thinking, I really don't ever want to die by a pogo stick because that looks like it hurts a lot. So, uh, the movie itself, like I said, if you haven't watched it in a long time, I think it's on instant now. Um, not a, not, it's a fun time. It's I would I would queue it up for Shock Car Toberfest. Yeah, it's there, I think. Uh, and then the last movie I watched, which will actually come into play, because I watched this movie totally not connecting it. One of my favorite movies of all time, that just trying to find a movie for a Sunday night that wasn't too long kind of thing. So I said, you know what, let's watch Last Night. The 1997 Don McKellar Canadian end of the world movie. Yeah, feeling like something light, easy breezy. Easy breezy, end of the world apocalypse. Lots of people being sad. Uh, I, this, I, I adore this movie. It is, it is in my top ten of all time. 
and I don't quite know why. There's something about it that's I always find kind of touches me in different ways. Um, and not even real remembering as I watched it that Don McKellar, who wrote and directed it and is stars in it, also wrote the script for Blindness. Yeah, fun. Totally Look forgot that. Connecting dots, making it happen. But it was very unconscious. Completely wasn't thinking about that. Um, but that seems like a good place to say, should we talk about blindness first chronologically? Yeah, sure. That's fine. All right. We'll take a very, very quick break. And we're going to come back and talk about 2008's Blindness. You're just too good to be true Can't take my eyes off you You'd be like heaven to touch I wanna hold you so much At long last love has arrived And I thank God I'm alive You're just too good to be true Can't take my eyes off you we're back to talk about 2008 uh, blindness based on the novel, the Pulitzer or Nobel, one of those prize winning novels by Jose Saramago, written script by Don McKellar and directed by Fernando Mireles. Marie, I don't know how to say his name. Do you? I guess it's dependent on where he's from. He is, I believe, Brazilian, I want to oh, say. Oh, then it, I don't know, because it wouldn't have a Portuguese, Marie, Portuguese flair. Yes. Marais, um, I don't know. Marie Mayers. It depends if we want to turn the double L's into a Y sound. Which, How about we just call him Fernando, because that's a yeah, fun name. Like Fernie. Yeah, Fernie or Fernando. <laughs> there used to be there was these commercials that used to air when I lived in the Bronx for North End Wine and Liquor, this big liquor store, and they had this like ongoing storyline to them, and they featured this character named Fernando who was uh, had Jerry curls and was all about like getting people to drink. So I'm always happy whenever anybody's named Fernando. Jeez, that seems like a really interesting. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm going to find some of them. I'm sure they're on YouTube. I'll post them on our page. You'll oh. see why they're so great. Oh, jeez. Now, both of us had seen this movie before. Yeah. Uh, I picked it because I remember we talked about it a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the kind of movie I'm always interested in because it's an adaptation of a book I really liked. Mm-hmm. And I have not read this book. I would love for you to read the book. Okay. Uh, I did. I don't know if it was good or not of me to do, but I decided last week... Uh, I was waiting for a library book. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to reread Blindness. So I reread the book shortly. I can't remember. Kind of during watching this. I think I started the book before and finished the book after I got to watch it. Uh, So it's fresh in my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to give a very quick synopsis? Um, (laughs) A bunch of people go blind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. So... A bunch of people go, basically, the world goes blind. Blindness becomes an epidemic. Yeah. Um, but I'm, 
I was I had seen this and I watched it with my boyfriend last night. He had not. Okay. Um, he had a casual n- knowledge of what it was about, and I said, "Oh yeah, but potential spoiler alert." But I said, "Oh yeah, but Julianne Moore doesn't go blind," and he was like, "I can't believe you told me that." <laughs> But it's pretty much the movie. <laughs> it's, and I think it becomes really obvious right very early on that she's not going to. Yeah. And even in the well, book, because they too. never really even present it after a certain like a couple beats, like uh, that she's worried about it. It gets right. mentioned once, but then it's just kind of the way it is. It's it's yeah. It's and in the fact. book, occasionally she'll men- she'll kind of say like, "Well, remember, like we all do. You know, I should know this too because one day I might go blind." So she kind of mentions it a few times, but it's never really a threat. The only time it's a threat, and again, spoiler alert, is the very final image of both the book and the movie, is there's a moment where you you don't know, really, maybe she's gone blind. Mm -hmm. So, but for the most part, it's really, I think that's kind of the, if you were to give a basic synopsis, yeah, everybody goes blind except Julianne Moore. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of like, it's like an important part of it. Yeah. And you know pretty, I mean, you know like right away. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, so that's what the movie's about, basically. Yeah. Uh, wackiness ensues. Wackiness ensues, rape ensues, poop on the floor ensues. Yeah. Uh, we are set in a, both the background to the film, because the book was from, written in I think like 95 or so. Okay. And book was a big hit. Book is a very has been read many places. Uh, a lot of people wanted to film it. Uh, Jose Saramago uh, was very reluctant to ever give the he refused to give the rights to anybody. Uh, he allowed. He eventually said okay to Don McKellar, and part of his like rule was that they couldn't, they still couldn't uh, set it in any recognizable place. Yeah, I think it's really neat that it's not set anywhere. Right. You don't know the it's, country they're in. It looks like London. It looks like Japan. It, it looks, looks like, like Canada. It looks like everywhere. Right. Um, and that's, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't view it as a detractor, although yeah. the IMDb message boards have said it is. <laughs> um, I, think it, I think it was neat. So, yeah, it takes place in, in big city nowhere and right. in like, uh, an old sanitarium. Kind of it? like Babe Pig in the City, come to think about it. Oh, I love Babe Pig. It's so good. But same thing. Like, it's like there's monuments from every city in the world. Yeah, but they never Babe is they are. in a city. He's That's all you need city, to know. Man. Uh, and something else is that you, and this is the movie, not the book, but the movie makes a very conscious effort to have a very diverse cast. Yes, so you which have, is nice and interesting, and I think yeah. that when I when I recalled it upon rewatching, I thought to myself, "I'm sure Emily really likes this." Yes, because you have you have black, you have white, you have old, you have young, um, you have two characters who uh, speak English, but their first language is Japanese. When they speak to each other, they're speaking Japanese. So there's and that's a touch that's not in the book uh, that I think works really well in the film, and I think helps to kind of get that no man's landness across yeah. on film that one of those things like the other because the other thing that we'll talk about is none of the characters have names yeah which really isn't that glaring i 
don't think they throw it in your face that no one is ever really addressed. Yeah, it's when you know it's there, you definitely catch it. And there's some, I think there's some things that are feel a little awkward. Yeah, like the character says, like, "I know you." Oh, I know you. It's or um, see that didn't even get me. It was just I. I it's been a while yeah. since I saw this. It was like more a little more than halfway through. I thought. What's Julianne Moore's character's name? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, she doesn't have one. And then when the credits rolled at the end, I was like, oh, I was right. There, that's it. There isn't, no one has names. Right. But I didn't really feel like it was that obvious. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe no, I think that's a, that's a good, it's hard for me to say because in the book it's, it's uh, I mean, this is the second time I've read the book now. And the first time I read it, it was, it's a challenge of the book. And the book also, uh-huh. just the way it's written, is there's no... The dialogue isn't, like, in quotation marks. That's really interesting. That yeah. It's, it's, it it huh. flows well once you get into the rhythm of it, but it sometimes is tough to, like, go back and try to remember, wait, who is this character? Oh, the character is the girl with the dark glasses. Or the character is the first blind man. That's really fucking daring. It is. And it works. It just, it's an adjustment. The second time reading it, and I mean, the first time I read the book was maybe like three, she no longer than that. It was probably like six years ago. Uh, so rereading it this week, it flew, it worked perfectly for me. Like it was never yeah. jarring to me this time once I knew that. Um, and yeah, I think it, it's, it's one of those things for the film. It's hard for, it's where I can't speak to it because my experience is, I, it's one of those where I carry the baggage of the book with me. Yeah. Um, but it's it's to hear you say it was not um, conspicuous. I think is a is certainly a compliment to it. Yeah, I really didn't think about it, um, which I think it'll become clear very quickly that I am extraordinarily fond of this movie, and um, and maybe a little bit biased. Okay. Well, tell me <laughs> why you are so fond of it. Um, I'm not blinded by um, <laughs> by the potential flaws in it. Like what I get bump people. <laughs> I get that a lot of people might have certain issues with certain things. For instance, um, Danny Glover is in this movie, mm-hmm. and um, he plays everybody's grandpa, <laughs> um, which I'm fucking sold. Yes, sign me up. Absolutely, I'm on board. But there's there's portions that turn into narration for him. Yeah. That I struggled with a little bit, but I, I was I'm already in this 100. percent So See, that's that you say that's interesting because I kind of the the book has a, like a very specific lyricism to it, uh-huh. and because you kind of it's a novel, obviously, so it's different. But you have a lot of these kind of asides about mankind and everything, and I mean they work on the page. They'd be hard to work in film, but as a result, as I'm watching the film. And it's going kind of for this allegory, but it's hard to make a film that's pure allegory because as soon as you put actors in it, everything gets specific. Mm-hmm. So then when you go from, we're just going to play it out as, no, this is the story, people are going blind, we're not investing meaning in it, we're just telling the story. But then when Danny Glover comes in 30 minutes into the film with a speech about what this means and blah, 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 it's to me that's what doesn't work because it it's thrown in there and it's jarring when it happens it, it's not that I don't I don't it, as its own entity it's fine it doesn't bother me I, I'm 
I don't have issues with what's being said or how it's being said. I just think that it's 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 so sporadic and yeah. so inconsistent yep. that when it does happen, it's like, wait, we're doing this. It's such a, a sharp change to the way that the narrative is mm-hmm. being presented that because I can't, I cannot flow with it. I'm, yeah, because I'm, it, it doesn't flow, I don't think. Yeah, it I mean, takes me a minute to, me. to reacclimate so I, I, don't, I don't get the full weight yeah. of what's going on. What's funny is that this somehow reminded me of Ituma, like Itumama Tambien, the way that film has this sort of narrator that uh, occasionally just kind of chimes in with mm-hmm. something that isn't directly related to what's going on. Uh, it's really unique. It's odd, but it works because it's used in a way that's throughout the film. Yeah. And I almost wanted something like that in this movie. Although if it was done wrong, it would have been really cheesy and awful. Mm-hmm. But I, I, to me, I felt it needed... It almost needed to play it either very straight as this is we're just talking about the kind of plot and let you piece it together, what it might mean, or it needed that constant kind of poetry to it that I don't think it has. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I can agree with that. But I really, I really liked it. I thought that it I thought most situations in the film were handled well and realistically mm. I got angry at characters um which shows that I'm super invested in them yep. um I was really bothered and upset by a lot of it um I I cried the first time I saw it. I cried this time um I love Julianne Moore and I love her character so much um that she is she is very hard to like in some ways, but she's also really awesome. In this movie, you mean? Or in this movie, yeah. I love Julianne Moore. I think she's the cat's pajamas. Yep. But in this movie, I feel too many similarities to her, and I get angry with her, but I love her so much. You identify. I, it's like that time when everyone went blind except for you. Yeah, I remember then, that time. That yeah, you your husband blind. started, you know, having sex with Alice Braga. But no, she's like so. Oh my god, there's just I can't without getting upset. But <laughs> she's just—it's just a really she, good character. It's, and it's a, really it, it well is a done. great performance. Like she's a martyr without being a martyr. Yeah. And I think that there, there is um, the, the moment when she finds Mark Ruffalo having sex with who is her husband in this film, having sex with that other broad, that um, she, she says it's okay, and then she goes and she hugs the other girl and tells her she can see. I mean, without getting cheesy and shoving shit down your throat, that's, she's like fucking saintly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like in a realistic way where she's not perfect she is faulted well, and, and she, she doesn't handle things well it's something i really liked in this movie that i didn't remember the first time was we get one scene of them before the blindness yeah and julianne moore's character is like kind of comes across as um kind of dumb yeah <laughs> like they're just having a conversation she's making dinner and it's just there there's like this very clear kind of kind of disconnect they're you know a married couple um, seemingly uh, not with kids and they're I guess like late 40s and they're having dinner and clearly like he, she's she's not getting what he's talking about he's smarter than her quote unquote mm-hmm. and it, it actually 
watching it this time, I really like that because it very clearly set up her as a very ordinary woman. And yeah. someone who is not the person that uh, you would think doesn't go blind when everybody else does. Mm-hmm. There's nothing about this woman that should kind of have this power and responsibility, but it's very, like, randomly assigned that, nope, this is the person who gets to see all of this. Yes. Uh, and I, I really liked that touch in the film of giving you that one moment where that kind of uh, tells you, like, there is nothing special about this woman. And then as the movie goes on, she's incredibly special because she's dealing with shit that very few people could deal with and, you know, Mm. uh, handling it quite well and, uh, you know, all things considered. So that was, that was something that I thought was important. Um, Yeah. And you, so you have a a interesting cast. Mark Ruffalo, how'd you, how'd you like him? I love Mark Ruffalo all the time. Yeah, he's, yeah, I, he's great. Um, I liked him in this. I really like everybody in this. I really liked this Alice side. Braga in this. Alice yeah. Braga, am I saying it right? Is it? I think I know so. That sounds right. Hold on. Their character would be the girl with the dark glasses. And is she Sophia Varga's daughter? I just assumed. Oh, I don't know. Is she? No, I thought her name has a B. Alice Braga. Uh, I'm a I oh, she find was in City so- of God. Oh, and the director did City of God in the Constant Garden. Yeah, uh, niece of Sonia Braga. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's <laughs> really good. I, there's something about her in this that I just really like. It's a, um, it's that kind of, uh, what's the word? It's her presence in the movie. It because it's she's kind of the the sexy one, but very quickly that becomes um, something very different in this film. Yeah. And she has like a really uh, niceness about her, I guess. That mm-hmm. I liked I liked her spirit in the film, I guess, maybe. Yeah, I mean, well, because you're presented with, I, I mean, she's a prostitute. Mm-hmm. Um, you're presented with that first and there are certain, and she snaps at the dude. Um, Don McKellar. The, no, the the the, the um, when she's getting her prescription. Oh yeah, 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 the, the yeah, pharmacist yeah. assistant. The pharma- yeah, as she's will be a known little, throughout the film. She's a little bit snip snappy, but mm-hmm. I don't think she's on the line. Honestly. Well, clearly she's somebody that constantly gets comments about her looks and everything else. So she has a you know. Uh, yeah. So, which is cool, and she's but she's kind of presented like how you might like oh a stereotypical way to present like a bitchy woman right. like she is she's a yeah. she's a slut she's a prostitute yep. she yeah she's she's rude and like even when they like they first get to the asylum or the sanitarium and the first couple people trickle in the person that she infected the woman that she infected is saying her story like this woman and and she just she just sits there and you kind of go like well is what would you do? Stop passing judgment on this woman who then takes care of this little boy. Like, so it really yeah. does give you dynamic, realistic characters. Right. And it's very much about that perception and the way uh, people kind of see and judge each other. Yeah. I mean, that happens throughout the film. At one point, kind of like the probably main infamous part of this film is, uh, 
you have all these people in a, in a abandoned asylum now, and one group, a group of men, kind of take over and say they're controlling the food rations. They demand money from everybody else, and then they demand their women. And it's a pretty awful scene of rape. Yeah. Uh, but within that scene, which um, there's you know a moment where all the the women basically somewhat have a choice of if they go or not, and the way, like, one of the men say something of, like, oh, well, you know, uh, like, what, what is the, the line exactly? There's, like, the, the blonde woman who doesn't want to go. A man kind of says something of, like, kind of implying that she's a slut because she slept with him. And so it's, it's this jarring moment of, the, and there's a lot in there of that way you perceive people. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. For me, I think the, f- I don't know, I think it could be stronger in that I think it's there. Um, I don't know if it needed to be more explicit or what, but I think mm-hmm. that's an important part of it. And the, the other thing, looking at my notes, I have the rapes, the fire. Mm-hmm. The fire was, I knew it was going to happen, but watching it with somebody that didn't know it was going to happen, they were really um, floored by that turn. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a hard shit gets movie real. to sit through. I it makes this movie makes me super duper upset. I was very <laughs> you upset. Pick the movies that upset you. Yeah, well, it continues. So, um, <laughs> well, you pick that one. Yeah, well, <laughs> I thought you'd pick something happy. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie really makes me sad. Um, the rape scene is really hard. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm very pro rape scene. Uh, oh, I think it's handled really well. It's handled really well. It is and that's not what sexy it, in any way. Shape that's or form. what makes it terrible. Exactly. It is done uh, agonizingly, really, and it it is shameful to the men uh, that have to quote unquote watch. Although, listen, I guess is a better term for that. Yeah. Um, it it treats it as awful as it is, but it also. Um, doesn't let the men off easily. And by the men, Correct. I mean the men who allow, you know, have to send their women to be raped. Uh, it It is just as interested in them as it is the women. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really, it's mean and it doesn't pull any punches. And there's... There are a few things about this that I um, that I don't like, and I, I as much as it upsets me, I, I do enjoy the, the, the rape, rape scene. Cinematically, it's it, it's it works really yeah. really well. So, what do you not enjoy about the movie? Really, it's some of the music choices were a little not crazy about the score myself. Yeah, um, and, and and the there is kind of the way it's. The, part of the reason I think a book like this is one of those, like, quote-unquote, unfilmable books is because mm-hmm. how do you make a movie about blindness when cinema is a visual medium? Yeah. Uh, and the movie does some tricks, some of which I think really work and some of which I don't know if they do. Uh, <laughs> like, whenever a character goes blind, there's kind of like a ding. Did you notice that? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, I'm not crazy about that. Yeah, there was, but there was some, some of it, like you said, works so well. There's a lot of, like, the way the camera does a lot of, like, blurriness or, like, something will be in focus, but then something else isn't in focus that kind of yeah. gives you, like, I think it maybe should have, again, been done 
more. Uh, although it's hard to say that and then actually want to sit and watch it. Yeah. Because uh, if you could do a lot of camera tricks, I think, with this. The movie does some, and some of them, I think, are extremely effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, a, there's a great moment where Julianne Moore, who can see everything, is in a dark room and has to, in order to see it, she has to light a match one by one. So all you're seeing is what she's seeing, and it, it's this, it puts you in, in now in her shoes of she who can see everything is now, you know, also gets the feeling of blindness with this moment kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like some of those like white dissolves that kind of only show you uh, one part of a character or a character in blur. A lot of that I really like and gets me into it and kind of puts me in this like discomfort. Mm-hmm. But then so much of it is in stark daylight where I'm seeing the poop on the ground that people are stepping in because, you know, that's what you would do if you're stuck in a sanitarium and the toilets are probably clogged. Uh, yeah. So I, I like how it's used. I think I wanted it used more. Yeah. Um, there were some, there were definitely some things I felt like could have been done with a little more, more restraint. The poop. Well, not even the poop. Some of the, some of the, some of the camera stuff was a little, but like, I, like I, again, I will say, I was really, really into it. So I'm able to ignore, forgive, and just not notice a lot. There's some funniness, too. There, uh, like, there's a really great moment. I think this is also in the book where like, they're taking a vote on something. And Mark Ruffalo says, like, OK, so raise your hand if you agree. And then as soon as he says it, he's like, what? That's the dumbest thing I've ever said. Yeah, he's really he's really good and charming and self-deprecating. Yeah, yeah and he's actually, now that I think about it, all of the kind of, like, chuckles come through him. Yeah. Uh, and that helps quite a bit, because, like I said, it's a pretty bleak movie. It really is, but there is some, some like, sad and touching humor in it. Mm, yeah. Uh, it... And that's what's. And you have not seen the movie last night, have you? No, I have not. See, I would love for you to a because it's really a good movie. Uh, but to me, I, I, it makes a good. You could definitely tell that this might have been written by the same person. I don't think it's a like mm-hmm. very obvious. It's really interesting that. Don McKellar, who, like, really, I think, was the one that, like, championed trying to make this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he also, he's in it. He plays the thief who do not wear stilettos in a uh, asylum when you're blind, people. You're going to hurt someone. Um, But that's that's tough. That's, yeah. Uh, So you can see, I think, some of how what is in last night and what McKellar is probably interested in, in terms of humanity and this bigger picture and how kind of individually you deal with something like this. I mm-hmm. think you could see that, uh, some, a lot of parallels and connections, but I think whereas in last night, it's a large, it's similarly where it's a, it's a very large cast in many characters, but all the main characters have this really um, strong humanity that comes across, even if they only have two scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie, to me, doesn't quite have that. 
I think there's aspects of it, but I don't. And part of it might just be it's it feels a little limited to it's a really close adaptation to the book. Is it real? I was going to ask you. It really is. And it's why, like I said, in a way, I'm not the best person to judge it because the book is and the book was fresh in my head, even if I hadn't reread it, I think, because it's a really stirring, different book that stays with you. But this film is really close to it. And Mm -hmm. where it differs, I think it works works really well. Like I said, the scene with Julianne Moore as kind of the, you know, kind of wine-chugging housewife. Um, There's a moment where they, uh, let's just say they lose the pharmacist's assistant. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I hate that It's so upsetting! And it's just an image, and it's really stirring, and it's never even, like, acknowledged that much in the movie. Well, they actually kind of have a throwaway line of like, I don't want to lose anyone else, which seems a little casual for what they've been through. Uh, yeah. I, but it, like, that bothers things, me. Yeah, that that's a really haunting moment and image when that happens. Yep. And those things, I think, work really well. And I kind of wish uh, McKellar was able to veer a little further from the source material. Mm-hmm. And I know when they made this, Saramago, he passed away shortly after the film came out but he did see the film and he like on the dvd extras there's actually um they show him watching the movie and like like saying to the director i'm so i love it thank you you've you know you've done it justice but i almost wish it wasn't so stuck to the beats of the novel because i think there's more filmically that they could have done if they weren't constrained Mm -hmm. but yeah like I think of like I compare it also to Children of Men, which another Julianne Moore apocalyptic oh, uh, movie that in one. a sense. And that one too. That one goes takes based on a novel, but essentially takes the premise and some of the themes of the novel, and then makes a completely um, makes a film that is a film first, an adaptation second. Whereas this yeah. kind of feels like an adaptation and then film. But again, that's speaking as somebody who's read the book, so. Which is not the way you have to view it. So, you know. <laughs> You're funny. Um, yeah, it's it's frustrating from for me um, when adaptations suffer because of yeah. trying to fulfill that certain expectations. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now, did this movie? Did you wonder throughout the whole thing? Were you like, I would be dead so quickly, or were you like, no, I would totally make it through all of this if I were blind? Um, there were a few instances, I actually didn't do that as much as I usually do with things of this nature. During the rape scenario, mm-hmm. I was like, I would start killing people before I would allow that to happen. Just, I, and I don't know if in that situation I actually would, but there was just so much rage inside of me that I could only imagine if that was an actual scenario, I would go crazy with rage. Um, I'm pretty sure I would have been dead by then. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I I also really like that lady's style that went and set the fire. That was she was pretty kick-ass. She was fuck sneaky. I think that maybe that would have been my shit. Like, but see, really I would have been like, it being quiet and like snooping around. I would have wanted to do that, and I would have been, and I would have gone, and I'd have my plan, I'd have my lighter, and sure enough, I would have instead set like my best friend on fire. 
Like, I don't no. have good hearing. I don't think I have a great sense of smell. Like, but maybe it would develop. I don't know. I'd, I'd worry. My eyes have gotten worse. I wear glasses all the time now. And I, I, it's not like my hearing's gotten any better, Christine. <laughs> but maybe. No. I don't know. I don't think I'd make it. But that's my... I don't know. You're stronger than me. You live in Texas. You've got you've got to deal with, like, coyotes and... and uh, uh, cowboys and stuff. I don't think I have to deal you with any of that. Does there. That's what I read. Uh, but yeah, this is this didn't evoke that feeling like some apocalyptic style movies do of like, oh, I I, I would have been dead by now. I would have killed myself. I would have jumped off a building. <laughs> but you wouldn't know if you were jumping off a high building. But like, like I jump off of like the second floor and I just have a broken leg and then I die a slow agonizing death. There's a lot of like starvation shit in this that really bothered me and I don't know I would have been able to deal with that. I get kind of oh, crazy I when I get hypoglycemic, so I might have literally gone insane. I like if I miss a meal, like I don't understand people who say they forget to eat. I think they're lying or they're not human. <laughs> so no, yeah, the whole and even like but Julia Moore can see, and she still can't get food. Yeah, there's that scene in the grocery store that really upsets me, oh, too. Oh, yeah. That is that is a, a upsetting one. Although it makes me really want sausage every time. Oh, man, it's, it's tough. It's a tough movie, and I'd be very curious to hear if there are people who have seen it mm-hmm. and, don't, and don't like it. I yep. would like to... My, because I know this, this this didn't go over that well, did it? No, no. This was actually uh, a very big commercial... And critical disappointment. Yeah. Um, some critic, Roger Ebert, hated this movie and just found it such a downer. Um, uh, this was expected to be kind of like a big awards movie because you think of the caliber. You have uh, the director had just come off of Constant Gardner. Uh, you have Julianne Moore. You have Mark Ruffalo. You have Danny Glover. You have mm-hmm. a lot of reasons for this movie to have been, you know, Oscar bait, and people did not like it. It's. I could, I guess I can see that, like, Oscar type thing. There is a, a tone to it. Mm. And but, I think the score is a big uh, issue with that. Yeah, but it, there was too much in it that worked for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so with that in mind, what's your grade for the movie? Oh, God, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> we've never done this before. This is, like, our first episode ever, or um, first. Quality of film mm-hmm. first? Quality of film, I'm going to go 7.5. I was actually, yeah, I was going to say 7. Yeah. There's things that really work. There's mm, several things that don't. Um, yeah, yeah. What does, other than the Danny Glover thing, which I think you agreed on, what stands out in your mind is something? You know, it's less those, like, th- like it's, it's not like I can say, like, oh, it's because of this actor. Or it's because of, you know, this choice. It's the, I think... I don't know ultimately if it gets if it like fits what it's going for mm-hmm. as far and again I'm trying at least with this grade to divorce it from me personally because I've read the novel I know what it's trying to go for yeah uh, but in a way like if you're telling it a, a kind of apocalyptic story then you could be this kind of movie if you're trying to make an allegory about human existence then you need to be this kind of movie, and this one's kind of in between. And again, there's like little things that I can say. Well, maybe it's because there is no kind of 
cohesive language to the film mm-hmm. or then when it tries to throw in these grand statements about humanity it feels a little uh out of sorts and like it's trying too hard so it's those kinds of things that i think kind of put it in this really weird place overall where it's not yeah. children of men children of men to me is a nine and a half that movie so good. yeah and this movie is i think um, especially if you compare the two, I think you see a lot to me that Children of Men does right that this movie doesn't do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and now, quality of enjoyment. Um, I'm going to go eight. Mm. Yeah, for me, I'll go 6.5, I'll say. Mm. I'm surprised uh, you went under. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you, because do you this think is where it has personal, to do... Yeah. The book... Yeah, this yeah. is where, for me, um, this is not the movie I wanted of this book. Mm. Especially knowing that I really like the director's other films, and I absolutely love the other Don McKellar film that I've seen. Yeah. Uh, and so to know what I would have wanted this movie to be from both of them, and it doesn't get there, uh, but that's why I'm kind of restraining myself on the film score Overall, because I feel like I'm I'm very biased watching this because of my relationship with the novel. Yeah, which everybody should read. You should definitely well, read it. Clearly, you're really selling it. Ah, go to your library. <laughs> I still have it. Hey, they're books and they're free. Just have to bring them back. I was so mad. I took blindness out from the the movie DVD I got from the library. And I was actually going to return it on time, which I've always returned my DVDs on time because otherwise it's a bigger fine. And I left for work, completely forgot it, was so mad. So the next day, I actually, like, I didn't leave work early, but I kept saying, I'm like, oh, I have to leave here at 5.30. I just, I have to be somewhere. And somebody would give me a look. I'm like, I have to go to the library and return my stuff before it's overdue. <laughs> and I realized that, yes, I'm that person. That's All right. Fun. So a uh, quick break. We come back, talk about Oculus. Sure. Let's do it. I know you deceive me. Now here's a surprise. I know that you have, cause there's magic in my eyes. I can see for miles and miles. That I don't know about the little tricks you play And never see you when deliberately you put things in my way Well here's a poke at you, you're gonna choke on it too You're gonna lose that smile, because all the while I could see for miles And now on to Christine's pick, 2013's Oculus Yes, Oculus. Now, tell us why you picked this movie, Christine. Well, I had seen it. <laughs> that, that's a great reason. <laughs> and I really wanted to um, talk about it. Uh-huh. Um, have you seen, you've seen Absentia? No. Okay. No. My mom has seen Absentia. I get you guys confused. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, a lot of people do. I don't know what it is. Um, so, Mike Flanagan, that's his yep. name, right? He did Absentia. 
which is a movie that I felt like had a lot of crazy promise, but just didn't do it for me. Okay. Um, it's on instant watch and it's at the top of my queue. I just have been waiting to give it the there, time. You should watch it. I want you to watch it. There are too many things about that movie that were not what I was looking for. Okay. Um, so, but enough so that this is like an interesting voice, you know, like this mm-hmm. dude, I think he's interesting. Yep. He did something different. He did something really interesting with female characters in that movie. Okay. Like, I was really, I was impressed in enough ways to be like, I want to see, see what else he can does. Do. Yeah. This might not be my movie, but I want to see what else he can do. And now so we've got more money because we've got the WWE studios producing. So bizarre, right? Really bizarre. I, we, when we were watching it, Zach looks at me and he goes like, is Kane going to be in this movie? <laughs> like, I don't think so. I wish. He played um, the mirror. <laughs> so then I hear about Oculus and I actually, all I hear about is Karen Gillian, Amy Pond from Doctor Who. I hear that Amy Pond is going to be in a horror movie. That's all I know. I think this showed at Fantastic Fest, and that's when I had started to hear that. I was like, that's so bizarre that she would do an American horror movie. Like, that's an interesting choice. Um, So when I looked up and saw that Mike Flanagan actually did Oculus, I was like, okay, well, I immediately have to see this. Um, and And I watched it, and I was just personally blown away by it. Um, just floored, needed to talk about mm-hmm. it, but also really curious if it didn't work for people because I think the reasons why it did work for me are really personal and specific. Oh, are we going to talk about that time that... Like when everybody went blind except me? Yes. Yeah, that was awkward. <laughs> and there was that mirror and... Your dog disappeared. I know. I'm sorry. I hope this isn't ripping off so many band-aids on you. You're okay? <laughs> well, it's really interesting that there are these two movies are two movies that um, are very personal to me yeah. and tell very relatable personal and stories. And completely different movies. And even though I've never been involved in any type of ec- epidemic or, or like... Cursed any, Exactly. Or supernatural occurrences. I, there's just... At the core of these kind of fantastical films, there's something very human and real. Yeah, and that's something that um, is, I think, why one of the reasons. Why, and this movie worked for me. I, I really liked it. Hooray! <laughs> Just to, to throw that out there. But part of the reason on this one is because this is a movie really just about a pair of siblings and shit that went down with their family when they were younger and it's affected their lives and that's all it's about mm-hmm. uh, so there's again it's like when I'm saying how what horror movies do wrong um, for every thing I can rattle off every once in a while you get these movies that do stuff right because in this one what it, what does it do right it gives you a strong relationship between a brother and sister mm-hmm. it gives you a family it gives you this tight unit and you can fully invest in these characters because there's time to give them the room to grow as in front of you it's Mm -hmm. not here's seven pretty people five of them are going to die right away and you just have to care about the one girl who's going to be running for the next 30 minutes at the end Mm -hmm. um it's a movie about a family and goes into because we you know well to give a quick synopsis i guess because uh, this movie kind of go is 
set in two time periods. So yes. one time period is you have two kids, uh, Tim and Kaylee, who, when they're little, crazy shit goes down with their parents. Um, we know that their parents are dead. Uh, we slowly find out throughout the film exactly what happened. But basically, parents start turning on each other. Uh, there is a antique mirror that is clearly at foul play. And as adults now, Kaylee and Tim are going to try to... Uh, they, they have one night to prove that this mirror really has caused all this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, you have them as kids, you have them as adults. So you have this sibling relationship, which, I mean, I, I have... Well, actually, it was something that I've really identified... Um, so she has a brother named Tim. I have a brother named Tim. You do. She called her brother Timbo, which is what I call my brother. Oh, yeah. that's really cute. As soon as that yeah. happened, I'm like, oh, yay. Yeah. I'm rooting for these kids. I hope nothing terrible happens to them. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I didn't really even think of that. Uh, and so you have now something really interesting about this film that I found. Uh, when... I guess, did Mike Flanagan write the script, or was it... Yeah, so it's... He wrote the screenplay. I think he this was... Ba- I think he did a short film of this and then expanded it. But when they were yeah. kind of shopping around the script, uh, the initial studio, I don't know if it was WWE or not, said basically said, okay, well, this is going to be a found footage film. And Mike Flanagan was like, nope, no, no, no Surrey Bob. No. And the thing is, the premise of this movie is laid out where it really could have been. Because a lot of it is about she's they're going to spend the, the night trying to prove that this mirror is faulty. So mm-hmm. they have cameras set up everywhere. Uh, they take the time to explain this camera is set here, this camera is set here. Um, one could have made a found footage out of this. I'm but so glad they didn't. And they I was going to say, isn't that so refreshing that the cameras play such an interesting big part in it? Yeah. But it's not. Yeah. They're it's used really cool. Logically... Uh, yeah. but it's not gim- and it's not gimmicky at all and it would have become very gimmicky had you made this a found footage film mm-hmm. um, so yeah you kind of have this uh, sort of set one night where things are getting progressively weirder uh, within that cut back to them as kids and how weird it really got and it's sad because I mean as a, they're, they're good actors as kids they're good child actors um, you really feel bad for them because they established this was a happy family and then very quickly this is not a happy family yeah the little girl the one that plays young Kaylee is um really phenomenal she's great and she's also she's a great physical actor Mm -hmm. she's great at just looking sad and she wears the weight of everything that's been happening just on her face. It's actually, it's a really good young person performance. Mm-hmm. And then I wasn't familiar with a uh, doctor who girl, um, but at watching it, I'm like, I know she's familiar. I've seen her on something. Um, I also can tell she's British. Yeah, you could, <laughs> but she's really cute. And she's, um, I really liked her in it. Uh, mm-hmm. cause she's, she's, uh, tough and smart and not um not necessarily does not make the right decisions let's no. say uh, makes a lot of decisions that you really don't agree with but justifies them by playing the 
I am so detri- I have spent my life trying to do this and I'm mm-hmm. going to do it. I really like the way that, that she played it. Um, this is a creepy movie. She knows that the mirror is haunted or what have you. She knows that there is shit going on and she is positively jubilant when yeah. stuff starts happening. Right, because it's, it's, it's proving her right and that's all she needs. It's upsetting and charming yeah. and endearing all at the same time. Like, you're, you're excited for her. But you're like, no, this is bad. Right. I don't want this you're to like, happen. You're like, I want this to happen because I'm watching. I'm watching a horror movie because I want shit to happen. But I like you, so I don't really want shit to happen to you. Yeah, yeah. And oh, there's the. I'm just gonna say light bulb. Oh, it's it's terrible. It's fucking it's terrible. got me. And they set it up where you know it's something's gonna you know happen, something's and gonna it's happen. still terrible. You don't quite know what it happens. There's a sound effect with it. And there's something about that moment that's just like, oh, uh, that's really awful. Yeah, it's it's terrible. There's a finger, fingernail scene that is there's also terrible. Scene, yeah. I hate fingernail stuff. Uh, there's a lot of mommy and daddy fighting, which is really upsetting. Um, so, so what really struck me about this movie is it was, and this is a bold statement, I feel like it has a few writers on it. I feel like it was clearly written by a um, child of abuse. Yeah. Um, as a child of abuse myself, who watched this with another child of abuse, oh, we were both me very sad. We were both crying the yeah. entire time. Um, I also went through certain abuse with my younger sibling, and there are certain interactions between the two of them mm. that you couldn't write unless you went through. You them. went through it, yeah. You it's, you you feel that. It's really tough to watch. Yeah. It, it really is a, a haunted mirror movie, but it, it is a bigger story for, for and abandoned, it, abused and it children. without saying it. Oh my gosh, it's really, really artfully done, I yeah. think. Because, um, I mean, this totally works. I could see, um, and I think this movie did pretty well in the theaters, I could totally see the Friday night, I want to go to a movie and get scared crowd, going and coming back and saying like oh yeah that movie was really scary because it is like this it's it's a well-made horror film the scares are good um yeah they are they really are i'm really i'm not jumpy at watching movies but i'm actually surprisingly jumpy in real life like if it's quiet and you're just like hey then i will scream Mm -hmm. uh and one of the things that i'm really that always gets me is um i have a doorbell at the i'm in an apartment there's like the you buzz to get in and then my apartment itself has a little doorbell. And even if I know, like, I'm sitting there, I ordered delivery, and I ordered delivery right before starting, and I started watching this movie, I'm like 20 <laughs> minutes in, I'm watching it alone, I'm home alone, the lights are off, and the fucking doorbell rings, and I screamed. Like, one of the cats was on my lap, and I had to jump off as soon as I did, because it was, <laughs> like, it got me. Uh, and this is, it's, it's a scary movie, but there's a lot more to it. And it is making a it is it's one of those i mean the best horror movies are ones that are you know might scare you on a very kind of base level but also get to a deeper set fear um and and this one gets there and a big part of that is the i think strength of this this is the family from the beginning and now this is them at the end yep um yeah there were some there were really for the first time I rewatched it this afternoon, for the first time I watched it, there were a few things that really creeped me out. Mm. Um, rewatching it, I mean, it's only been a month, so they were it was still really fresh. But rewatching it, it didn't 
get me in that way. But there were some things that really unsettled me, like mm-hmm. like the the voice on the phone. The what on the phone? The voice on the phone. Yeah. Like and and that that that, that for some reason really got to me. The, the, the scene where they're trying to call the doctor for yeah. their mom, who is Starbuck from BSG. Um, this is a sci-fi nerd movie. Uh, <laughs> when they're trying to call a doctor, and it's she says it's the same voice saying. Yep you have to have your dad call. And then it segues right into the scene where they go ask the neighbor for another abused child thing. And they go and ask an adult for help who just brings them right back. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so upsetting. Yeah. Without, again, without pointing out what it's making an analogy of. It, it, it's, it's really, really well done. Yeah. And still, but still scary. Cause there are j- jump scares and startles, mm-hmm. but there are genuinely creepy things. Yeah, the score is great too. The yeah, oh my god, yeah, absolutely great. At, and I forget who. So there's like a group that does did the soundtrack, like the Newton Boys, or was that the movie the Cowboys, mm-hmm. the Newton Brothers? Um, I recognize the name. I think they must have done another score of a movie I've seen, but it's really it has a lot of that like kind of deep pulsating beats just at the right times mm-hmm. it's um occasionally it does the crescendo when something scary happens but it also doesn't at times which is really effective and the even the the setting of it's great because it's very simple this is the house um it is not li- not very lived in and so there's something very cold but clear about it and they do a good job of the geography of the house which is something that I think is really important I said the same thing about the conjuring you know uh, that's a really good point especially because most of it does take place in there they really do yeah you know yeah. when they're running upstairs when you know this is this bedroom uh, this is the office where all the shit happened it's it, it's important and it does it's one of those things that um, I think is uh, something that can always elevate a film uh when you know where everything is yeah because it just you don't realize it but it gives you it puts you in a different it puts you more in that house when you're watching the movie as a result because mm-hmm. you know where you'd go and they're not going there and that's you know upsetting Oof, so good yeah uh who knew wwe studios yeah, right? The uh, same people behind See No Evil and the upcoming Leprechaun remake. Uh, and I think with this, I think they just bought it. I think um, the movie was made and they bought it and distributed it. Yeah. And it's the only uh, connection that I think exists is there is a uh, reference to Triple H to his like his uh, real name at one point. I think that's all, or at least that's all the internet told me was the connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that's always good when a studio just recognizes that, hey, this is a good movie. That it's so good. And I mean, it was marketed just as a typical horror movie and mm-hmm. made money that way. And, you know, and it also could totally get a sequel. I think it's going to, right? Um, I, I would be surprised if it doesn't just because, I mean, why not? I really thought <laughs> I read a or saw somewhere. Movie and, uh... <laughs> Yeah, did you know this one dude, this Mike Flanagan there, he's um, apparently adapting Gerald's Game? Oh, Stephen I never King. read Gerald's Game. But... And the new I Know What You Did Last Summer. Why? That was Call a it... shitty movie to begin with. Why are they remaking it? 
I think it's not a, a solid remake. I think they're they're trying to continue the franchise without restarting it. Okay, but that's even I don't worse. Know. Who cares about that franchise? But I don't know. Just I could keep be completely new wrong. Things, Mr. Flanagan. I keep, I could be really wrong, but that's just what he's writing. Maybe he's True. directing other stuff. I don't know. He's, he's doing. He's directing he's Gerald's, Gerald's game, game too. That could be interesting. But I I I don't hate Gerald's game. No, I, I hate. I know what you did last summer. Um. I hated it when I was 16, and I hate it now. But I'm really excited that this movie was good, and I'm really excited that he's doing other interesting things, Mm -hmm. because the way you have to watch Absentia, just because the ladies are awesome, but his ladies are so awesome. This movie is filled with awesome ladies. Katie Katie Sackhoff is is nuanced. That fucking mother character is so nuanced because you have that, that in the beginning at the dinner table where, where the little girl calls her Marie and she's like, all right, daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's so funny and great. And then she goes so very crazy and it's so upsetting. It is. And Rory Cochran, who, who is so old, not old, but like he's a grown up now. I just below yeah. think of him from Days and Confused. Um, so he handsome. has a tough job because it's, it's a it's a tricky role to not overplay. Yeah. Um, but I think I think he does it well. And it, their relationship becomes so upsetting so quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's just like one line and then after that it's just you're uncomfortable around both of them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I mean it's just it's a really well it's and again, I'm I'm somebody that I just get so tired of people complaining about. There's no good horror movies anymore. Fuck you. Yes, there are. And every once in a while, one actually comes out in the theaters. Yeah, this one. I think this is really solid. Yeah. And and I hope people like it. I hope more people see it. I see it coming on a lot of people's October watch list. Good, good. Um, it's a great I October think, movie too. I think it's creepy. I think it's effectively done. I don't think it's cliche. I nope. think it embraces certain tropes. I think it does interesting things with technology and cell phones. Yep. Um, and it makes it makes rules. And it it yes, it, it's interesting. It adheres to its own rules. But then the interesting thing that I was talking about today when we watched it is that Kaylee is the first one, seemingly the first one, to put all the history of the mirror together. Right. So she is the one that has established the rules. So she could be wrong. It would right, make for point. a really interesting sequel. Oh yeah, or prequel. Yeah, I like mean, it's because... perfect material. It's you know it cre- it gives you a villain, doesn't mm-hmm. explain much at all about it, but yet you're not left saying, oh, but I don't, you know, I wish I understood, you know, who made it or that. It do- really doesn't in this story. This this is you know, and something I said about the the purge, the first purge, was. Like, no, like, yes, you want a bigger story, but you can only do so much in a 90-minute movie that's made on a budget. So the fact that you can make an effective and surprisingly deep horror movie without, with still leaving you all of these questions, and it doesn't hurt you that you didn't have them answered, but it makes it, I would totally watch another, I would watch Oculus too. Yeah. I mean, it could be, it could just be, this becomes the Killer Mirror franchise, which would be unfortunate. Um, or it could become, you know, something different. But mm-hmm. it's, it is the exact thing that, because uh, I got, you know, I read a post recently where somebody was yammering on about um, how 
uh, horror fans are hurting themselves by not paying money to go see uh, Kevin Smith's movie Tusk. Mm-hmm. Um, I, which I think is the same shitty argument for uh, horror movie. Hatchet? For Hatchet, exactly. <laughs> oh, you're not a horror fan if you didn't pay money to go see Hatchet 2 in the theater. Ooh. You're the reason they're not making, uh, Hatch- you know, daring Hatchet movies four? for you Ooh. in the theater. Uh, no, there's so many other reasons for that. But if you had said Oculus, then I would have at least been like, yeah, you're right, I should have seen that in the theater. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we're trying to keep it tight and stuff, but what did you think of the ending? Oh, it, you know, um, Let's, again, well, I don't want to give spoiling, it away. We're not spoiling yeah. it, right? No, I don't think we should spoil it. I don't it. think we should uh, either. We, we already talked about a lot of it. But. Right, right, right. And, this, and really, I don't think we've, we've so far spoiled anything about it either. Nah. Um, I think all of, yeah, so don't feel like, oh, I listened to the review. I don't need to see the movie. No, 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 totally. We've, we haven't actually spoiled anything, really. Um, other than 20 minutes in, if you order delivery and they ring the bell, you're going to jump. That's always <laughs> Um I don't know if it could have ended any other way. It made um, me, I was like, oh, but I was like, but what else could they do? I got, well, I thought it was good, but um, the, the, the significant other said um, that he would have liked it reversed. I'm sure you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> But, he says that it would have been a lot more dynamic that way. And I can uh, see that, but for I, me, my, my argument is there was no other way for it to end. Exactly, and I, I think I disagree because I think it... I think they told us that's how it was going to end before we even yeah. got to Yeah. 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 I'm glad you agree. That's, yep. I'm, no, no, no. I, I, think I felt it like was, I was going crazy. It was the exact right ending for this movie. Yeah. The other ending somehow would have, I think, been meaner. It, it, I think the, the argument that was that was posed to me was, well, you know, it would be a reversal of sorts. Right. And I was like, well, I don't want that. Yeah, that's um, not what I need. That's not yeah. satisfying to me. Just because you, you said, ha ha, yeah. doesn't mean you told me the story that I wanted. Yep, yep, I agree. Cool. Yeah, so rating it, so quality oh. film. Jeez, you go first. <clears throat> um, I, I feel like, you know, with any movie, you judge it on what it's trying to do and Mm -hmm. so as a horror movie that is trying to you know scare me and such um i'm gonna go eight yeah um i'm gonna i'm gonna go 8.5 okay um for me this is this is if i i will probably watch it again i have to buy it um it will end up in the eternal rewatch yeah. of like I know bold words guys but like poltergeist <laughs> and and the shining this sure. this fucking movie did it for me nice yeah um for qual- for quality of life and such um yeah i'm going to go 8.25 yeah i'm i'm going to i'm going to go 9 go for it um, i'm really glad that you liked it yeah i'm so glad that i watched cuz i feel like uh you know a lot of the horror movies that come out in the theater rarely uh intrigue me because mm-hmm. i know that well it comes out eventually when it comes on instant watch i'll watch it usually but i i mean i find so many great things that never come to theaters so rarely do i really seek out something that did that um even when it does well I'm, you know i'll get yeah. to it eventually um and this is just a case of like you know because i mean that i feel like this came out right around the time that 
uh, a movie with a really similar title and marketing campaign came out. The Quiet Ones? Yes, exactly that. Yeah, I haven't seen The Quiet Ones yet. It's on Cuba. Yeah. So, I mean, it's so easy to lose things in the shuffle. And these movies tend to all come all come out at the same time. They come out in either October or January. Um, but this is, this is one that's just um, really good. And for a lot of reasons that we've already said. So, yeah. I recommend. Yeah, awesome. I want everybody to watch it. Yep. And tell us your thoughts on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, all right. So do you have a Netflix recommend? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Not really. Um, I haven't been watching anything at all. Um, so watch Doomsday Preppers on Instagram. <laughs> But not? I want, I'm, I'm probably going to re-recommend. I think I've recommended, but I want more people to watch it. Um, so my re-recommend for me that's still on here is called The Wall from 2012. Yeah, you told me it's upsetting because there's animal stuff. I really, really like it. It popped into my head the other day, and I felt compelled to watch it, and I was really excited. It's still on instant. Uh, I was going to recommend The Corridor, um, which mm-hmm. is a, a, a scary-ish effective movie that constantly enters my head okay. and it's got snow in it and it I thought it was a good time but that's not on Instant anymore. Oh, you so should much. um put it on people should put it on their real queue. Yeah, I had that one on my instant queue and it just went away. Yeah, that was a good one, but the wall it's still there and um it reminded me of blindness, but not okay. for any real reason. Okay. Um my instant recommend just because it's October, so people are watching horror movies. Oh yeah, give me a good one. Yeah, well you know just from what we were saying today made me think um actually you know what i'm just, i'm gonna cheat and i'm just gonna give two because i had written both on there to you see should. which one i felt like at the moment but uh we were talking about early 90s horror movie you know you know what's on instant watch candy man's <gasps> motherfucking on instant watch yeah i think i can do that that'd it, be a good one three watch because it's it's one of the rare early 90s films that we still talk about today uh the what um something it does right is it's not about teenagers Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a fucking good movie. You know, we say like some movies are good horror movies. Candyman's a motherfucking good movie. Doesn't it matter is. if it wouldn't even. You could say it is just. It's a movie that not to say it transcends its genre because it sounds like I'm putting down horror, which obviously I'm not. But <laughs> when people make the argument of, oh, well, it's good for a horror movie, Candyman is just a, is a great movie. It's it's really good. Yeah, um, and then along with that, what I was saying before was the whole mix up your cast make it more dynamic um, yep. another movie that's on instant that does that well is Jim Mickle's Stakeland <gasps> fun it's on I, was, it's I wasn't really into it oh what saddens me but I think that I will rewatch it it's worth a rewatch I love it and again I just love that they understand not everybody in the post apocalypse is young and pretty Mm-hmm. I know that's one of your big. I'm. I really like Mulberry Street. Yeah. There was something about. Maybe I saw it at the wrong time. This did not wow me. Okay. And I wanted it to. It. What you think? Uh, all right. And then on our next episode, it's a very exciting episode. We are going <gasps> so to exciting. join Erica. We yes. are all going to venture outside our home to go to the theater. Oh my God! Can't I bring it to me? Um. Yeah. If you want to break the law. I don't think it's available for a download. Okay. I mean, not a high-quality reference. <laughs> well, all of us are going to go separately to a movie theater and see David Fincher's Gone Girl. Hooray! Which is very exciting. And we decided to... And again, we are telling you right now, we're going to spoil that movie. Uh, it is way too hard to talk about that movie in book without 
really talking about it. Yeah, so man. Do not listen to that episode if you have not read or seen the movie. Um, that is our warning. We'll warn you again then. But it's also our uh, kind of impetus to say if you are interested, then you should either read the book or see the movie. Because if you want to listen to the show, you should do those things. Um, and we're going to pair that with um, I was on Instant, and I'm like, what's what's a good movie to pair with Gone Girl? Because I know um, Erica only has Instant, doesn't get discs, so I'm like, has to be on Instant Watch. Movie called Domestic Disturbance with Vince Vaughn and John Travolta from 2001. Never heard of it. I'm totally on board. Oh, I remember when it came out because it was one of those, like, you know, what if your stepfather wasn't the man you thought he was? And it just looks, I can't remember <laughs> which one's supposed to be. The, I think John Travolta's supposed to be the bad guy. I was, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, and whenever John Travolta's the bad guy, it's usually really amusing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that Taking of Pelham 1, 2, 3. Exactly. Uh, Battlefield Earth, hello. Oh, yep. So I'm hoping it's as fun as I'm just assuming it is. Uh, <laughs> either way, it seemed like just the title itself. I'm like, oh, that's the perfect Gone Girl uh, c- comparison. Uh, so that's what we'll be covering. Uh, any closing words, Christine? Um, have a good October and watch stuff. And you guys should go to our page and tell us the things that you're watching yep. so that we can watch them too. Because yes. I'm really going to try to do a lot of movies this okay. month. We'll see what happens. Oh, I look forward to it. And tell us what you think of Oculus and Blindness and Gone Girl and all that stuff. Facebook. <laughs> and yeah, um, Facebook. Yeah. Also, don't buy antique mirrors because they might be haunted and try to drive your family insane. It ends poorly. Yes, indeed. Goodbye, everybody. You don't dance on my call with even a nod or a wink, but gaze at your own reflection. You don't seem to see me, but I think you can see yourself. How can the mirror reflect you? Or do I surmise that you fear me? Can you see my temper rise, rise, rise?